This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 7th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Chinese economist Mao Yushu became the sixth recipient of the Cato Institute's Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty. Yushu has spent 50 years advocating on behalf of free markets and paid dearly for his steadfast advocacy. He was introduced Friday night by Cato Senior Fellow Tom Palmer, and portions of his speech were read by his granddaughter, Mao Shongbin. In recognition of his unwavering and effective promotion of liberty through decades of careful articulation and application of the principles of personal freedom, individual rights, limited government, and the rule of law in support of advancing China as a free and prosperous nation, awarded this 4th of May, 2012. Ladies and gentlemen, I think there's still a question whether liberty is an object we should pursue, whether we should create the world of freedom for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friends at the Cato Institute, all my fellow to civil citizens from around the world, both here tonight and especially to those who are now somewhere far away in their homes struggling to advance liberty. I bring you all my humble greeting from China. Here, my heartfelt appreciation to all of you for making the, this evening's gathering a reality. In the following, I would ask my granddaughter, Bingbing, to share my presentation. Bingbing, please. Tonight, we stand here together in the shiny city upon a hill to celebrate our common beliefs, our common hopes, and our common commitment to the values that make the Cato Institute so very special. Those Cato values bring us together today, united as common citizens of the world. This is why I like to think of us as Cato citizens. Those Cato values are... <laughs> those Cato values are, one, promoting and preserving peace. Two, nurturing free markets, free of externalities such as corruption and special interests of the privileged and powerful. Three, limited government, with systematic mechanisms to ensure societal fairness, to prevent overreaching by authoritarian power. And four, promoting and preserving the principles of individual liberty, which is a social contract, balancing the rights of the, the, rights of the collective and those of the individual.
Tonight, we celebrate the inspirational and timeless values, which are the common thread that runs through all the great civilizations and cultures of the world from the beginning of humanity. We celebrate our common humanity. Regardless of whether your traditions and cultural roots are in Africa, the early settlements along the Yellow River, the Tigris and Euphrates, the Nile, or the valley and mountain ranges of Mesoamerica, these universal values are a common heritage. Every culture and every people defined themselves and taught their young with these values. We carved them on our stone edifices and published them into our laws and constitutions. We turned to them in times of celebration and in times of collective mourning. They bind us together as one. They make us human. John Winthrop, an early American settler, Presidents Kennedy and Reagan all referred to a shining city upon a hill. Many called it Camelot. Camelot may have been a place in Arthurian legend, but to many, Camelot is a special place in our hearts and minds that embodies the common Cato values we share as world citizens. They touch each heart and resonate in the basic moral fiber of our souls. We all know, as fellow Cato citizens and believers in Camelot, that the benefits of our common humanity are immeasurable. I am personally honored and humbled tonight to be recognized by the Cato Institute as the recipient of the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty. I cannot express enough my grateful appreciation for the recognition and for Cato's many decades of invaluable support and the guidance on the long road to liberty in China. Before I proceed further, I would to take a personal indulgence to introduce my family, especially my wife, Yanling, my son, Weixing, my daughter, Yanxing, granddaughters, Bingbing, and Yawen, and their respective spouses, Zhao Xiaoping, Yu Xiaoping, and Daniel Austin. My family have been with me on every step of the long journey to liberty. Over the past 83 years, there were many fearsome threats and many decades of fearful nights. Years of deprivation and political persecution. My family and many friends provided love, loyalty, dignity, and the moral compass to continue the journey regardless of the headwind. They provided the light in the storm so that we can stay the course. I could not be here today without them. My family and I are honored to be here with you tonight, but we realize 
that we are not here only as individuals. We are not here just as sons and the daughters of China. We are here as citizens of the world community. My family and I also have, on behalf of three additional constitutions. First, we stand in the shadows of earlier honorees from Estonia, the UK, Peru, Venezuela, and Iran. Each represents societies that have traveled on their own Homeric Odyssey, which Cato has appropriately recognized. We honor them individually, and we salute and hail their great peoples and great cultures. Secondly, we stand in the foreshadow of future Cato honorees yet to emerge, who may be descendants of the ancient peoples of Carthage, the sons and daughters of Ra along the Nile, the champions of freedom from, today, from today's besieged cities of Levant. We are aware that many are reshaping their societies in the Fertile Crescent and in the mountains of Ma the Macedonians called Bactria. We see the gentle peoples of Myanmar joining together with their government on a peaceful path of societal evolution. To these future Cato citizens, let them know that we see their courage, we feel their heartbeats, we feel their yearning and allegiance to the Cato values. While I and my family may not be here when Cato honors them in the years to come, let everyone here be our proxy to add our voice and the voices of the millions of others from the freedom-loving Chinese nation to congratulate them on their journey to their and our shared better tomorrow. Thirdly, and most importantly, we received the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty on behalf of two constituencies in China. The first constituency is the tens of thousands of grassroots organizations and community organizers who currently work every day to serve the common citizen of China, who thrive to build a better and more humane tomorrow. The Uniru Institute of Economics, the Fuping Poverty Alleviation Foundation, along with countless scholars, workers, peasants, teachers, students, volunteers and friends struggle against the common enemies of humanity, tyranny, poverty, disease, and war itself. They are the real honorees of tonight's Liberty Prize. The second constituency we represent is the tens of millions of Chinese over the last century who have sacrificed their lives along the road of liberty to overthrow feudal dynasties, defeat warlordism, defend liberty against foreign colonialism and imperialist invasion. They have proven countless times that freedom is more precious than life itself. The century-long road to liberty has been bloody and full of sacrifice. There has been countless Chinese versions of Thermopylae in the face of overwhelming odds from Marco Polo Bridge to the Sihang Warehouse. The heroes and heroines of the Chinese nation depicted on the monument to the people's heroes in Beijing and etched in the hearts and minds of the Chinese people all fought, lived, and died for liberty and a better future for China and her people. Their struggle for liberty is also honored here tonight. Today's, today's award is accepted on behalf of these two constituencies with the solemn promise that your torch will be carried by each succeeding generation with the same energy, faith, and devotion you brought to your endeavors. We do this to continue to brighten our, our country's future, to deliver the inalienable and universal rights of all human beings to our descendants. This glow, when combined with the lamps carried by fellow Cato citizens around the world, will become beacons of light from the shining city upon a hill 
spreading Cato values to the dark corners of the world. In your hands, my fellow Cato citizens, more than mine, will rest the final success and failure and hopes for liberty for our people. Today, we carry your torch, because like you, we too live and die for those ideals. Most importantly today, <laughs> most importantly today, with the friends we have around the world, represented by the Cato Institute and its timeless shared values, we promise by our words and deeds to pass a shining torch to the succeeding generations. China is a very old country. She is a wise and noble civilization. She has a grand history of fine art, science, medicine, philosophy, exploration, hard work, tolerance, and openness. Her society is based on balance. We call that balance the golden mean, the middle way. This theme runs through our great traditions of Taoism, Buddhism, Confucianism. Our people have always sought balance between the needs of the collective and the individual. Our people have always stood for fairness and balance against extreme government. We are taught the imperative to balance the needs of humanity with the needs of other living species and the needs of our environment. Our paintings illustrate a small human being in, in balance with the larger natural world. We are a culture based on family and scholarship. We are a diverse nation with many religions and ethnic minority groups. China understands the power of the free market. Her people know that economic liberalism manifested as free markets and liberty nourish each other. And together, they are a force for social progress. Chinese people value individual liberty, and many of her leaders are personally familiar with the horrors and suffering that come from unlimited abuse of government power. Our long history is full of examples where the people have rejected the arbitrary power of the state, the refusal to subordinate the rights of the individual to the superstate, and it is an undeniable fact that unchecked collectivism stifles the human creativity and productivity. Building systematic checks and balances against unlimited government, uh, unlimited government power, corruption, and improper privileges, which all undermine societal harmony and stability and threaten peace, need to be put in place permanently. These mechanisms include free markets, rule of law, an independent judiciary, and a shift to smaller, more productive, and accountable government. These are so important, since the consequences of failure are compelling, given China's horrific recent past. Consequently, both our leaders and our people know what is at stake for China's future. They are all personally invested in ensuring that the next generation embraces the Cato values to avoid future tragedies. Cato values, tailored to China's realities, can help build a strong, prosperous, and harmonious China in the finest tradition of our in our ancestors. Our Tang Dynasty, 618 to 907 AD, is a world-renowned example of how to create harmony, prosperity, religious and ethnic tolerance, worldwide trade networks, and societal stability. Throughout the thousands of years of Chinese history, rulers and the ruled all accepted the concept of Tianming. In the West, you know this as the mandate of heaven. This concept is simply that the legitimacy of a ruler is predicated on being responsible for the welfare of the people. It is a simple concept based on balance and the golden mean. In modern times, many people and governments have recalibrated their societies to fundamentally improve them with the balanced Cato values. China needs to learn from these valuable and successful experiences. In the early 1970s, 
there were about 40 democracies of all kinds in the world. As the 20th century ended, about 120 democracies in the world, there were 120 democracies in the world with some, with some form of self-government defined and crafted by the people. All are different and all have diverse characteristics. This natural and largely peaceful trend continues. In the words of President George Bush, st stability cannot be purchased at the expense of liberty. In order to preserve societal harmony and build China's better tomorrow, the government should weigh the positive potential of further extending liberty, freedom, free markets, and reestablishing the peaceful rise good neighbor policy to preserve regional and world peace. Toward this end, there has been great progress in our society in recent decades. Grassroots organizations, many citizens, private and public companies and government agencies have all been thriving consistently to make progress. Edmund Burke, the great British parliamentarian, warned that a state without the means of some change is without the means of its conservation. China, in fact, has been changing and progressing, and this bodes well for a process which does not require disruptive instant transformation. If one looks closely at China, based on the UN's Millennium Goals, China has successfully raised over 300 million people from poverty. That is a huge number, even for China. It is true that there is more work to be done, but the cooperative efforts of many hardworking Chinese citizens and government, and government officials, in fact, have contributed to this amazing global accomplishment. Knowingly or not, these accomplishments have been achieved by the balanced implementation of Cato values in the context of the Chinese society. China has successfully adjusted and changed to meet every imaginable challenge over her long history. Her successful evolution has been rooted in the balance of Tianming. All Chinese people on the planet know that when the government's trust in her people and the people's trust in her government were well balanced, then problems faced together with the real interests of the people being served resulted in prosperity, social justice, stability, and harmony. The balance of Tianming's rights and responsibilities are in focus right now in China, especially as we approach the transition of leadership this year end. The people and the government share the same desires for peace, prosperity, and harmony. As the next generation in China steps forward to better against the tyranny, poverty, disease, and the war itself, we all know that the rights of the individuals do not come from the generosity of the state. Our royal people have been... Our royal people have very limited expectations and requirements. We ask only that the system lives up to our own constitution, abides by our own laws. The people of China and the world know that the fruits of the society are not the sole prerogative of the powerful and the privileged few and that any system is inherently unstable if it does not have a peaceful means to fulfill the responsibility to care for the well-being of the people. I have confidence in the people and the government of China. I believe our journey to the future will be long, but also successful. 
all big rivers come from small streams. Our efforts in China are but one small stream. Tonight's confluence of one-fifth of the world population, along with the other tributaries, inspired by the timeless wisdom and the values of the Cato Institute, will join together to a mother river to nourish the human spirit and wash away the hardship of our imperfect world. I believe the people of China and the people of the world will join together to ease the plight of humanity. Thank you once again for this general honor. Chinese economist Mao Yushu is the 2012 recipient of the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty. You can learn more about Professor Mao at our website, cato.org.